I'm Sir Esters. I'm Black Pino J. <laughs> Beat scripts. And you already know we're the unintelligent graduates. And I'm excited to talk about our guest. We have Jonesy in the house. He's an actor, comedian, known for roles on Gotham, Unbreakable, Kenny Smith, and The Letterman. He's a writer, producer, and he does a lot of things, man. So I'm very excited to have him as a guest on the show. And let's go through our interview. And who, who wants to ask the first question? Let, let Skrills get on here, man. All right, all right, all right. All right. I'm going to ask you, what is it about the Eagles? You want to make fun about the Eagles about? This is what I, mean. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We can begin with, like, uh, I think the foundation of a football team should be a quarterback. That's just, <laughs> I know that's a very crazy idea. <laughs> I'm kind of zagging while everybody else is zigging. But, like, you should probably have a quarterback that can throw the ball further yeah. than 14 yards. Uh, yeah, or I'm just, sorry. I, I, look, I got no dog in the NFC East fight over there. I, 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 I shouldn't be making fun of the Eagles. Uh, you know what you guys got going on over there is a long history of like crazy, insane fans that really give a fuck about their team. And you know what? I gotta, I gotta give cheers for that, man. Uh, you guys are a little nuts. Like, I, don't, I think you're a lot of times drinking the Kool Aid, but um, mm-hmm. you know, you, <laughs> man, you. are Hey, rabid fans, man. Crazy. Burn I'm, the city down after you won the Super Bowl. That's wow. right. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Burn it down. Burn it down. Wow. <laughs> the police in Philly had to put grease on lampposts yeah. in preparation yeah, for the I heard Super about Bowl that. because people were climbing lampposts and I don't know what they were doing with the pissing on the crowd below. Like that's how you celebrate. Hey. <laughs> Step under my urine. Yeah, <laughs> my, yeah, yeah. My Super Bowl winning urine. <laughs> then there were videos of Philly fans getting in fights with other Philly fans during the celebration. I mean, this shit is like, nuts, man. It's just, like the fans are so out of control, so out of control. I, I, I like that kind of fandom, though. I mean, I, you know, I'm a Boston sports fan, and we we almost go there. We almost go there. We don't quite get there, but we go pretty crazy. We we don't go there, but we, no. you know, we can kind of relate. I think we we can. It's it's not like it's not like the uh what is it the the Euro Cup where the England guys were waiting on the the other guys and started knocking them out as soon as they were coming through the gates like that yeah I think nuts. those those fans that's a that's a whole other level there for oh, sure man. for sure a lot of guns get pulled I think at these uh, <laughs> <laughs> European football event yeah yeah sure. Gangs. I don't know. I read some story about some gang tried to assassinate a whole team or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shit. Yeah, because I don't know. That, that sounds well, like I an think, episode of Narcos or something. Over there. <laughs> over there. They like invest in teams over there more so, I think, Holy is what's going shit. on. They actually have investments in the ownership. They have ownership stakes in some of these teams. Like, like. Lower level criminals probably have ownership in, in international football teams and stuff over there. We really don't have that over here. You know, the people who own the football teams are like old white dudes, mostly Jewish. This is what is what you get. But over there, man, it's like crime syndicates are invested. So like they're like, oh, we lost. We're going to just kill their whole team. We're just going to kill the team. It's because this is what we do. <laughs> How dare you beat our team? It's just blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I think that's what's going on. I'm not sure. That's like that's fantasy football on a whole other level. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> well, imagine taking fantasy football to the level where you go and, you know, shoot Tyreek Hill because he only had one catch in, yeah. your, in your championship game. <laughs> Fuck you, Tom Brady. <laughs> 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 
Oh man, at one time I made this funny YouTube video uh, called Fantasy Sniper, and it was a uh, it's still on my YouTube channel. You could hire a sniper to shoot a player of your choice. So if you were, <laughs> so this was shot maybe like seven years ago and I had my buddy and you know, I shot, the video was very funny. I had him all dressed up in like a sniper gear and he had a rifle and he shot. And then I cut to a video of, oh, it was a chief's running back back then who got, oh, who was the running back that was like really small, fast, but he, he didn't last more than a couple Jam- years. He, Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, I had yeah. I cut in a clip of Jamal Charles like pull, like popping a hammy and pulling up as the guy shot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, looks like another RB1 taken down by the fantasy sniper. If you guys want one of your, one of your opponent's players taken down on the previous week, just let me know. I got affordable rates. <laughs> it was like so bizarre. And like only fantasy football fans would like love such a thing. But like, <laughs> like you guys would have totally enjoyed oh, that yeah. piece. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's taking it to another level, man. Oh, yeah. So and, who's your uh, team? He said to Boston. So you're a Patriots fan. So you're a fan, Patriots you know? fan? Yeah, Patriots, Red Sox, Bruins, oh. Celtics fan. Not my best quality, but. Okay, um, so how do you feel about Cam Newton getting cut <laughs> in, instead for uh, Mac Jones? Yeah, I'm happy about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah, very happy about it. it. I don't know if you watched him last year, but I mean. I, I, Who wouldn't uh, be? So uh, you, you didn't want to keep Cam Newton as a backup or anything like that? Well, here's the thing. You can't, uh, you know, once you're a five-star general of an army, you then you can't you can't then make the guy a sergeant and keep him around. You know, yeah. especially with someone, especially somebody that has an ego like him. That's yeah. just not going to be good for anybody. He's going to be bitter. Uh, he's not going to be able to do, he's a leader. He's a born mm-hmm. leader of men and he's mm-hmm. not, he, he's not going to be able to be that in that mm-hmm. role. So for him to just hang around, I think it would, it would have became um, a bit of a problem in the locker room. This is better for him too, because now he can sit back and wait for a, a quarter, a starting quarterback. Cause he's not going to take a backup role. Let's be real. He's not, he's mm-hmm. Cam Newton. You've seen his outfits. He's not taking a backup role. A <laughs> <laughs> guy that dresses like that doesn't go, no, I'll, I'll sit on the bench. He doesn't. Yeah. He just doesn't. So uh, he'll just wait. Someone will get hurt. A starting quarterback will get hurt. Maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick won't work out. And then and then Ron Rivera might reach out to Cam. Hey, And I think I think that's smart. Sit back, get paid, wait for a, a QB1 to go down, and then come in and, and, and be a starter, which is, I think, what he needs to be. And... Uh, so More I think, it, yeah, it'll work out. For, it it, it seems it'll it'll work out for everybody, unless Mac isn't who we think he is. Then it's not going to really work out for us. I mean, he couldn't have been much worse than Cam was last year. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Right. So you know, he, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he can throw. I mean, that's just what we want. We want to throw. Josh McDaniel's offense is is. I think he can at least kind of run it, which is. Uh, Cam really couldn't. I mean, that was a whole new thing. Like, you know, uh, all those rushes and and by the way, the way that Cam plays, how can he keep going? I mean, this is just rough to just run around this much. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just he's breaking down. It's just yeah. mm-hmm. that style of play is just really detrimental to one's body. Have you? I think um, every every scrambling quarterback that that plays like that, they they end up and they end up in that kind of situation because they just get torn down, just the runs and the hits. It's sure it, it, exactly. It, it makes me wonder about uh, Lamar Jackson, who does it on a level I've never seen anybody. I've never seen Michael Vick kind of at the time. We were like, oh, never seen this before. And then Lamar took it to a whole other level. I've never seen that before. And how long can he go like that? We'll, we'll see. Uh, 
But I, I would rather I would rather Tom have a Brady though. I mean, you're a Patriots fan. I'll, sure, sure. What the fuck is this? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, my guess is as good as yours. How does someone do that? I I don't know. Uh, you know, Peyton Manning has been retired for how many years now? Like it seems four like for, or five. It seems yeah. like forever. Yeah. Like Tom is still doing this, like at a high level. Threw for four touchdowns the other night. I mean, I don't understand it. I really don't. Um, yeah, I, I wish I knew. At this point, yeah. Normally, a, when you get to that age, that's the time when you you find your extra strategy. You, you get out. You know what I'm, I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, Brady to me is the greatest sports player now of all time. Like what 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 what, what he what he did last year with Tampa, and now he coming out this year. Like it's like okay, he's higher than if you want to argue with Michael Jordan or LeBron James or whoever. Now you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, I think just this longevity thing, which is just so crazy. I think that that puts him over the top because nobody nobody's done this. Do you guys remember Julio Franco used to play ball? He played mm-hmm. Julio Franco played baseball till I think he was forty five or forty six or something like that. Nolan Ryan is an example. Yeah, Nolan Ryan went into his almost mid forties. Still, and if you look at his stats too, at that back end with Texas, he was still striking out over 200 a season. Yeah. He threw, I think he threw a no hitter at over 40, maybe two no hitters at the, over the age of 40. He was doing some crazy shit in the 40s too that I think people have forgotten. Um, but then now you, you know, Tom Brady, man, and this is just something else, I think. And Roger Clemens. Was another Roger guy. Clemens. Roger Clemens. Yeah. 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 I think it's pretty known that Roger was taking some illegal substances oh, yeah. to, to keep going. Um, I'd be surprised to find out that no one Ryan did that or Roger was, I don't think, uh, I don't think uh, uh, Tom would, would, would do that. He's got his own thing going on. I don't even he know does. what that is, but I mean, no tomatoes. If, yeah. Well, it's it no tomatoes. It's like no blueberries. <laughs> like what, what is it? It's just, you're drinking, it's the, just, you're drinking the tears of orphans or something. Bro. Yeah. He's just keeping the that tears use. of orphans. <laughs> He just, <laughs> he just he just lives on Salma Hayek's pubes. This is what he does. <laughs> he, just, he just crushes them up and puts them in a drink. I knew Salma Hayek's pubes would give you forever longevity. I knew it. I've been trying to get with her forever. Uh, I mean, because look at her. That, that yeah, woman's yeah. what? How old is she? What the hell? It doesn't matter. I can't even. Matter. She's I, I like almost sixty. What the fuck is that? If, if if I was in a position to to get to be in a day with her, I wouldn't even question it. Just, I'm with Sam Hayek. Sam Hayek. I can't even. I can't even wrap my head around. There's another one of these people in life. I'm like, how? How does she exist? Like, what is that? I can't even. She's in that Eternals movie, so I guess that might it might be a biopic. How can you? How how is it possible that you jerk off to someone for three decades? How? <laughs> Dolly Parton, man. I mean, it doesn't make sense. sense. Yeah, Dolly Parton too. Hey. <laughs> uh, oh, I hear I'm a fourteen, a twenty-four, a thirty-four, a forty-four, a Salma Hayek. Fucking a man, oh, that man. shit is that shit blows me away. I don't know what she's doing. I love her. I fucking love her. <laughs> she she be using her AARP card to get discounts on dates and shit. You imagine? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. You'd be like, wow. Yeah, that's my lady. That's my lady. Right here. That's that's right. So in love with her, and nobody would question it though. That's that's. <sighs> Yeah, like, you heard Jonesy's with with Selma Hayek, and that's that's the end of the that's the end of the sentence. Good for him. Good. She's for with him. some. She's with some seriously wealthy French guy. 
I looked into this. Uh, yes. I don't know because I, I thought I had. A, I thought I had a chance. I don't know. I. You're like you deserve better, Soma. You know, because being a funny guy, it can take you to places where you don't you don't deserve to be. Like I've I've it's been true. with women that I'm like I, I have no business it's going true. to bed with this woman right now. This is but. I was, it's, what, I was it's like what's his name funny. from SNL married to Scarlett Johansson now having a baby what, right from, from the news thing Colin Jost you know what I'm saying it's it's ridiculous man it's being Pete, uh, yeah Pete being Davidson. funny Pete Davidson is a prime example of like what like just being funny will get you chicks yeah it's so true it, it it's happened to me many times where I'm like this doesn't make any sense because also I'm short so that's the other thing like. <laughs> I'm like I'm short, man. I'm like I don't have no. I've been in New York City with models. I'm like this doesn't. Does she even like you know this women who've been five inches taller than me easily and without heels. Yeah, without heels. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, yeah, yeah. percent without heels. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, uh, it's it's crazy. But yeah, being funny can take you there. Hopefully, I stay funny. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm missing a step as I'm getting older. I'm like, oh, I'm not as quick as I used to be. Um. I Even think with, with, the, with comedy, you get more introspective the older you get. You know what I'm saying? You, you stop being so quick with jokes until you're like, wow, that really is really, really funny. Oh, man. I'll tell you uh, just a bit about my the evolution of my stand-up comedy has certainly gone there. Uh, whereas I used to just quick, quick, uh, stupid little, very not really go below the surface in life or anything. Yeah, uh, I would do with my act. And at the end of it, you really wouldn't get to know what I'm about, you know? But then, you know, 15 years later, it's my shit is dark, biographical. I'm, I'm confessing. <laughs> I'm really sharing. One could argue sharing too much. You could have you didn't have to say all that, you know, uh, yeah. and, you know, uh, talk about like having a vasectomy or trying meth like these sorts of these sorts of jokes. I, I just I've gone darker and deeper and I'm, I'm sharing more and I, I actually enjoy it much more. I like that. I don't know. There's something sick and twisted about me that I like to tell stories about the, the awful things I've done in life. <laughs> something about that. Well, I think people love to hear about failure, anyways, right? People, yes. feel, people love it. Comedy is comedy is falling on your face, right? Comedy comedy isn't like oh they meet and they're in love forever. No, no, no. Comedy is that they meet and then he leaves her for a TikToker. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. comedy. <laughs> Or <laughs> she fucks him for his famous brother. You know what I'm saying? Sure, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's comedy. So, you know, I, I like to share my my dark secrets and my failures these days. It's uh, I enjoy it very much. And then, you know, you become more memorable on stage, too, because then you get off, like, someone will come up to you, oh, my God, you're the guy that does the joke about meth. Like, yeah, that was me. Yeah. I did that meth joke. Yeah, so now you remember. Whereas before, you never remember. My act was so forgettable. It was like a Jerry Seinfeld act. You know, Jerry Seinfeld... <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld, for all of his, I mean, he's a god, and I and I have a lot of respect for what he's accomplished. But when you, especially his television show, very much so, and I love his web oh, yeah. series. His stand-up, to me, is extremely forgettable because it doesn't go below the surface. You really don't learn what his deep, dark wishes, dreams, and fears and opinions are because he's just talking about, hey, the airplane. And you ever notice? It's always like you ever notice, and you ever know, and how about this, and and, and you're just like. It's, it's not. It's not like Richard Pryor who had that vulnerability. No. Yes, he was edgy. He's edgy. He, just, he, he yeah. talked about his personal life all the time, right? And so you make fun that, of it. 
Richard Pryor is an example who's at the opposite end of the spectrum of Seinfeld. You know, when Richard Pryor does that bit about uh, shooting his car and getting <laughs> lighting himself on fire and all yeah, with the mask. this guy, you're like, this guy's really sharing like what he went to jail for and like, yeah. oh my god, and that's. That shit goes deep into you when you're listening. You like yeah. it just sticks with you. It's sticky. I want to be sticky as well, you know, on, mm-hmm. on the stage. I want to be sticky. I want to be memorable. I don't want to be just some someone who tells jokes anymore, yeah. anymore. And, you know, what's the fallout of that? The fallout of that is, well, I'm not for everybody anymore. You know, I used to be like, hey, yeah, I could do a joke. I could any crowd. It's fine. Kids, grandma, it's no problem. <laughs> now, uh, sometimes I get out there and I look around and I go, oh, fuck, they're going to. They're going to hate this shit. This is going to be, this is, they're going to hate this. Wow. They're going to hate this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But hey, whatever, man, you know, art is like that. It's subjective. I I think, Mm -hmm. I think if you, if you're not, if you're not hated or disliked by some subgroup in the culture, then you're really, have you really chosen? Yeah. uh, Have you really like gotten specific with your art? Like the band tool. I love tool. Absolutely. But like, Dude, Tool is not for everybody. It's just no. like my mom ain't my mom never, never Tool. No, not happening. I don't know. <laughs> I don't meet a lot of people that enjoy Tool. That's when you get really specific with your art, where you just go, you know what? Let's get everybody out of the way. This is it's what true. we do. Yeah. You either like what we do or you don't. And uh, it takes years for an artist to get there. Uh, and then even pre- with Tool, like their non-real Tool fans didn't even like their new album. They're like, we waited 13 years for yes. this shit? I'm like, it's exactly. fucking amazing. What are you saying? I, I, exactly. I never even listened to Tool. Um, like, that was one of the one of the bands I kind of stepped on because um, I, I was more into like rap, like Wu-Tang and then like Rage Against the Machine. I, I would dabble in some rock or Jack White or whatever. I didn't really go hard into the rock. But when my friends tried to put me on Tool, I was like, oh, it's not really my shit. And then when I tried to listen to Tool when they did that, that newest album, I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? I'm, it's, not, it's not my <laughs> cup of tea at all. <laughs> Yeah, what you what you would need to do is just get it, like on a road trip, just smoke a blunt and then put if you just put their greatest hits on, you'll yeah. just most of those songs are have already been vetted. Mm-hmm. They're very good. They're they're good. Mm-hmm. It's good hard shit. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, I mean, just I just high driving to to Dude. the pot or like, oh, my God, it's so yeah. good. I just can't. You can get listen to school. Fear Inoculum a hundred times and hear something yes. different every time you listen to it. Yeah, <laughs> some, how, some of the stuff I get it's so experimental and weird and slow and like you would. But there's then if you just get right to the tracks that are hard and fast, you'll like love it. Especially if you're like doing a workout or something like that. That yeah. that'll grab you, and then maybe slip into the other stuff later because that other stuff is a little more nuanced. It's not just. You know, but they have stuff that's like listening. It's just like listening to Rage Against the Machine. Just like okay. that. Just like. And that stuff is what hooked me at first. Um, but then I'm like, they, they're very like, you Prison know, they, sex. then they, they go to different places because they're like into psychedelic drugs and stuff. So some of the songs, they get a little, a little woo woo, you know, some, but they're not all like that. Not and now like I that. saw Steve from Blue's Clues looks just like fucking Bader James Keaton. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what? pretty weird, right? The glasses and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You do children, you do children's uh, TV shows, then come back and break down there, break the internet, bro. Yeah, that's <laughs> what. Uh, where bro, have you been? I said, dude, it's, it was all make believe, anyways. Though you're talking, <laughs> he's everywhere now, dude. It's yeah. I think yeah, he's he like should, on Stephen Colbert or something. Like he should night, start so. a podcast. What's he waiting for? 
Yeah, yeah Colin. <laughs> like we're all waiting. It's like it's right there. What do you think about it, Blue? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I disagree with abortion too. <laughs> so like, um, like, like you mentioned, like, um, like saying something, like saying something, and anticipating that somebody's gonna hate it. Like, how do you feel about, um, like the cancel culture and like how that affects comedy, yo? Well, it, it affects it in a very negative way, in my opinion. But also, I want to recognize this is just the stage that we're in. And um, I think it's going to take some growing pains. Uh, but I hope we get beyond it. We're just in the beginning of it. To me, it's it, I just happen to be doing a podcast that's a little risky and a stand-up comedy at a time when it's just starting. It's just starting. Where people go on witch hunts. People yeah. make it their full-time job to point out the inadequacies of mm -hmm. artists and entertainers and whatnot and athletes yeah. uh people oftentimes who need to turn the mirror on themselves and get a fucking life and maybe clean up your own backyard before you knock on your neighbor's door i think there's a little bit of that um, but these people that they think they're above repute they can call out you know as though they're the the moral high ground of whatever you you you, you work at Expedia, like who the fuck are you? Like who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a Catholic priest that just left to be with the Satan. You know, <laughs> are you? You work at Cinnabon, and you're gonna tell Tyreek Hill that he's a fucking loser because he, you know, he said some cruel himself. shit to his girlfriend. Like who are you? Who the fuck are you? Yeah. So, oh, oh I don't mean this is like, oh. yeah. Go ahead. go ahead, Jones. No, I'm sorry. You had a question. Oh, what I was going to ask is like, when you do your stand-up comedy, do you watch what you say or do you rewrite your scripts because of like cancel culture and things like that? Uh, I don't, I won't rewrite the bits. Uh, if I've decided, if I've committed to a bit, I'm going to do the bit the way I want to do it. But what it, what it'll change is whether or not I decide to try the bit. Mm -hmm. So I may have an idea that, um, Let's say I get an idea that I want to talk about the gay lifestyle for some reason. Yeah. For some reason. I shouldn't. Even, it's weird that I just said for some reason. I shouldn't have to say for some reason. I should be able to tell a joke about the gay lifestyle. It's affected me. I've, I've been around it all my life. We've all, we all have been around the gay lifestyle. It's not some sort of underground thing anymore. You know, it's not yeah. like some secret club. You know, I had a gay roommate in New York City for seven years. We're all around it. However, <laughs> however, whether you're gay or not, you're around it. Uh, I shouldn't say there's still pockets of our country that isn't around it. Fucking, I don't even know. Places in Texas, places Idaho. I don't. Idaho, perhaps. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Utah, like, yeah. There's still little places. Those I'm not even going to count those places like because you're living in 1974. I don't mm -hmm. I'm not going to adjust my whole fucking viewpoint over you. You need okay. to catch up. But in general, we've all been around. It. We have experiences. So why why shouldn't I be able to talk about my experiences with that? Um, mm -hmm. I, I would think that I would would be able to. But because of what I look like and what I am, because I'm just I'm a, a, a white cis male. Uh, if I begin to do a, a joke about that, the audiences in general, especially in major cities, will kind of get tone deaf on me. They out. just won't. They won't really. They they won't really be patient with me. 
doing uh, talking about that subject, they'll kind of zone out a little bit and they won't show, they won't laugh, even if it's funny. Oftentimes they just, I just lose them. I can see it. And it's, it's not that this stuff isn't funny. It's just, they feel uncomfortable. There's an uncomfortable feeling that I've created in the room because <laughs> apparently what I look like on the outside and everything, I'm not a credible speaker of that subject in their eyes. Yeah. And they also will worry that maybe there's the gay community might be in this place that I'm speaking. And I don't want to, I don't want to show that I support that he's talking about the mm -hmm. gay lifestyle at all mm -hmm. by laughing or smiling or, or just having a good time with what he's talking about. So there's that kind of pressure too. So the, the audiences have a little bit of pre social pressure on them for that. And, and they're a little lazy. They're lazy. They won't give me the, they're just like, they put a label on me and then they go, no, and it was if it's like if I was to talk about any minority as well on stage, they won't let they won't let me do that at all. Um, and wow. I, why shouldn't I be able to talk about any culture, uh, even if I'm not that culture? I have experiences from all different cultures. I mean, I lived in New York City for 11 years. You don't think <laughs> you don't think <laughs> I've been dipped in every culture you can imagine? You don't think I have friends in every walk of life? Um, you don't think I've had experiences in every little ethnicity that you can imagine of course i have i've been around the world and but mm -hmm. i can't you know i've been to asia i've been to south america I, but i can't i won't even try i could make these things work these jokes i could if i put in all this effort but it would take about a minute of setup in the beginning to convince the crowd hey guys now i'm going to talk about asians but let me tell you something i've been to the following countries malaysia singapore japan <laughs> taiwan <Yeah>. indonesia <laughs> this is my passport several <laughs> weeks i said spent several weeks in tokyo here's a picture of me in kyoto okay so now let me tell you about my chinese roommate like so i would have yeah. to do all of that work just to get them to feel comfortable yeah. with me talking about the subject and I, at you know, my time on stage is very limited. I don't have time for that fucking shit. So yeah. I just oftentimes won't even go to those places. I have a lot of other funny ideas. I'm constantly getting ideas for jokes and I'll mm -hmm. just go with that other stuff. And, and I won't do the, do this, the stuff that, um, that on the face of it, it looks like I can't get away with it until yeah. I become like a Patton Oswalt or, uh, yeah. a Bill Burr, one of these or guys, Mark Marin kind of guy where you have your set group of people, you know what I'm saying? And sure. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah, that's the huge benefit of having the following. And then when you go to your show, it's all your people at the show, right? Yeah. So when, if the audience is made up of all my people, I don't have to do that whole credibility setup anymore because they mm -hmm. know me. They know me. I don't have to tell them who I am up front to then get permission to speak, speak about certain subjects. They already know who I am. They're fans mm -hmm. of me. And it, so it it would be ideal to get to that place where my audience is knows me already, and then I can kind of have fun with whatever I want to really talk about. That's true. And believe me, I'm not gonna go. I'm not a dummy. I, I, like even if I was to talk about such subjects, dude, I'm not like doing bad Asian driver jokes. Like this is not yeah. what's going on. I'm like I'm like <laughs> I can't wait to talk about Asians and make fun of their driving. Like, <laughs> Bro, my shit is smarter than that. It's deeper than that. And 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 I don't punch down on people like that. I certainly don't punch down just for the sake of doing that. I would never do that. I think that's low-hanging fruit in comedy. I don't like it, and I would never do that shit. Mm -hmm. Maybe 15 years ago when I was a very young comic, I would have done that because I would have done anything for a laugh. 
But those days are over, man. Those days are over. When I, I talk about things that are meaningful to me and, and I like to go deep with them and I, and I would go deep with all these other subjects. I have very strong opinions about, you know, almost everything. And uh, someday, someday it's I'll be like, able to talk about everything. We're, we're talking about cancel culture. And one of the greatest stand-up comedians ever got canceled because of it. Uh, Louis C.K., you know what I'm saying? With the whole stuff that happened with him that was inappropriate, but he owned up to it and said, you know what? I did do this. See, my whole thing with that is it's not the fact that he like he, like he was doing what he was doing. It's just the, they, these people had had the option to fucking leave. It wasn't like he tied them down like old, like old fucking big mustache bad guy and shit on the railroad track and was jerking off in front of him. Yeah. Like, but the, the, he would again, do it and they had the option to fucking leave. You weren't, in, you weren't trapped by jigsaw and shit and you had to watch yeah. this dude jack off or his head explode. Just fucking leave. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, Dave Chappelle talked about this. No one's talked about it better than him in, in one of those Netflix specials. It's like the one when it, he called a girl on the phone. Sticks and stones. Yeah. He yeah. called a girl on the phone and he's jerking off on the phone and, yeah. he, and he's just like, <laughs> Bitch, you don't hang up. Like, what, just, like, exactly. what are you? You're trying to get him in trouble. You know, stop like, it. Like, what yeah. are you doing? No, you stop it. Stop doing that. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, stop it. Like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> now, look, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna victim shame here. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't know the whole story with all that. I'm not even gonna judge. What the, what the hell? On the surface, it seems very automatic to the rest of us. Like, just hang up. Just leave the room. Mm-hmm. But. I don't know. Other forces are in play. We don't know. But I, I will say this. Louis not canceled. We try to cancel Louis. Louis got a new special up on YouTube. And if you hadn't heard it, it's called Sincerely Louis CK. This shit is good, man. This shit is awesome. good. I'm it's, catch, just, I'm it's just the audio. It's not, it's not a video. It's just audio. The clips on there. I've listened to a, a lot of the album. It's extremely good. He is still a very strong comedian. He is still selling out. He's still doing his thing. He's still creating art. He's a damn good comic. He's still doing it. He's not canceled. He's not canceled. And and I'm grateful. I'm grateful because I love his stand-up so much. I love it. I I I I listen to him and I'm taking notes. I'm like, oh my God, this is this guy is just like I I just I'm blown away by what he does on the microphone. He's one of the only white comedians you're gonna see and can get on stage and no offense. Say the N word and actually get away with it because of how he put it into context. You know, what I think mean? Ralphie May, Ralph, Ralph, when he when he was alive, Ralphie May probably could have got away with it too. Maybe, like, but my my wife when um she had just found out about Ralphie May, like she's not really a big comic buff, but uh, she found out about him like a month or two ago, and then she was devastated that he he had already passed away. Oh yeah, and, was, and she only heard audio clips of him, so she thought it was a black dude the whole time. This might be dark humor, but no, COVID, he, he COVID would have got, got him by now away. anyway. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Very just... good point. Um, <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, COVID, speaking of COVID, yeah, so, like, how has how COVID like, affected uh, your stand-up? Well, I went a long time without being able to do it, um, except for on Zoom, which was awful. That's fucking uh, weird. <laughs> yeah, I stopped doing that after six or seven shows. It was... Uh, <laughs> It's like, oh, oh, I'm bombing, and you saw my shitty apartment? Wow, awesome. <laughs> Can you imagine being heckled on Zoom? Like, fucking somebody's just throwing When you raisins. get heckled, you know, sometimes they, 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 they shut their screen video out. You don't even know who it is. It's like a <laughs> anonymous heckler. One time, I, one time I was doing a Zoom show, and, like, somebody hacked it and just started drawing dicks on my face. <laughs> <laughs> drawing dicks. Oh my like, god. Who is this? 
Super- Why would you use your superior hacking skills to break up a comedy show like that? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's the same guy like, playing Call of Duty later, pissing off everybody, like, you know? It's- I mean, if you can hack into a Zoom, com- a private Zoom comedy show and draw dicks on the comedian's faces, imagine what other skills that you have that you just, and this is what you're doing with them. It's like, hey, maybe I'll just go rob somebody of their Bitcoin. Hey, I heard Tom Hanks has got a lot of money in a checking account. Maybe you want to hack that. Or what about government files? <laughs> nah, nah, there's these comedians doing a show in Jersey via Zoom. I'm going to go in there and draw dicks on their faces and fuck up their day. So trying to make guys. $15 in donations. Like, what is wrong with you? Anyways, I, I had to stop doing those Zoom shows. Um, so, yeah. So, many months of that. And then, when we came back, it was just outdoor shows for the most part. So, outdoor yeah. shows, um, which for me wasn't a big deal because in Los Angeles, there were already some outdoor shows go- happening. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's always been kind of a thing in LA that you might be able, you might do a, an outdoor show, a rooftop show uh, as, as well. So that was kind of normal doing shows. So we were able to do that. There's some places like, you know, New York City where, you know, in the wintertime, I mean, how are you going to do shows? Even in the spring, it just it rains a lot and it's an issue. But out here in LA, no problem, outdoor shows. So I was very lucky to be here when it started opening up again. Um, and then, you know, eventually we moved into the indoor stuff. Uh, the, fa- the the ultimate, fa- this is kind of a nerdy thing. I don't know if people care about this, but the ultimate fallout of this that I noticed, and I, I think it's a good thing, is a lot of independent comedy shows were created because of COVID. Uh, because for a long time, the comedy clubs couldn't, uh, just couldn't put it together. Yeah. And so all of uh, all the comedians, it, we need to get on stage. We need it. So that pressure, it was like an evolutionary pressure for us to get on stage. So a bunch of comics just started making their own shows. So now there's all these independent shows that were created during COVID that are still running. So I would say we have twice as many stages as we had prior to the pandemic. That's right. A lot of, a lot of them are just like one, one night a month or every other week, but still there's more independent shows than I've ever seen out here. And, And that's a good thing. I like that a lot because you know, some, you don't have to go to Hollywood, in other words, to, to do them. They're, they're everywhere. There might be one in my backyard. There's one in the next neighborhood. So, like, it, it's very spread out. Every little nook and cranny of L.A. has a show at some point, at least one a month. So that's been kind of cool. I, I do like that very much. Um, so you, you, you say you're very excited about your podcast. And, and from what I, a million downloads already, right? Over a million? Yeah, downloads? we're over. Uh, we're hitting. We're going to hit two million. Holy Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So as us being podcasters, we got to ask, man, what, what, what is it that, that, that helps, um, basically what helps with that? What helps with getting it out there, getting it, getting, getting people that if there's people listening that are new to podcasting, what, what, what helps them? Like, you know what I'm saying? What is your best advice? My best advice, I mean, you're, you're just looking for how does how does a podcast become popular? How do I get downloads, this sort of thing? Yeah. Uh, what I can say what helped me, but it's not. Um, that's something that happened organically. So it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't like I planned this. Uh, if you want daily weird news. There's just one. It's me. I'm the only one. If you can do something that you're the only one doing it, because think about it, there's, you know, there's, there's a million podcasts. So yeah. there's a, 
like let's say even you go you go some niche like uh like my buddies used to run a surfing podcast they started a surfing podcast and at the time they were the only one doing it uh so by default if you were a surfer seven years ago or whatever and you wanted to listen to a surfing but you only had one choice you know just like weird af news is one choice if you want daily weird news it's it it's just me it's awesome uh <laughs> So subsequently, there's more surfing podcasts now because everybody's jumping into their little niche. But you, you know, you can still find a way to be unique. I think it might be combining things. Like my buddy's surfing podcast, it's two comedians, so it's surfing podcast, but it's comedy. You know, the other surfing podcast might be a little serious or you know instructive or something, or or they might just give you surfing news. I don't even know if that exists, but. Uh, where they have, they're giving you, they're covering surfing, but they're funny. So there's there's ways to tweak what, what you do to try to make make yourself the one and only, if you can. I think that is super helpful. And I, I often advise my comic friends, because every comedian wants to have a podcast, but they, they kind of approach it in a way that I think is incorrect. Uh, I mean, unless, look, I can't say it's incorrect, because it's whatever you want to do, whatever makes you happy. But if you're looking to gain ground with downloads and to stand out, you got to get specific with your podcast. It can't just be, Hey, uh, uh, and every comedy podcast is like this. Hey, you know, I got a comedian. I'm just going to get another comedian. I'm just going to talk. Okay. All right. So you and another comedian is going to talk about what? Just let it flow, man. Whatever happens. Okay. All right. Well, you know, <laughs> we said, <laughs> It's now, what we're doing right now. So fuck yeah. it. <laughs> well, now, who's your, now, who's your competition in that space? Yeah, everybody, you know. Everybody. Mark Marin, yeah. Tom Segura, Bert Kreischer, Bobby Lee. One could argue Joe Rogan sometimes. Uh, this is what you're up against, man. Why, up, why are they, yeah. they going to listen to you, you and a comic that no one knows just riff when they can listen to Bert Kreischer talk to Tom Segura or whoever, insert comedian. Like, yeah. who's going to go to yours and spend an hour and a half or two yeah. hours? Like, it's just, you got to think about it like that. True. And so to get specific, as specific as you can, just to stand out, if you can be the only one in a category, but also don't force it. Like, don't don't just go to it. Just don't cover something that you don't, just to be different. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it also should be something that you enjoy talking about. Because let me tell you something, even if you're the only one, it's still going to take a hundred episodes. It's still going to take you a year or two to really get some groundwork to really get established and get the, the kind of followers that you're going to want. You're not going to really see results at least for a year. So you better like what you're talking about anyways. Don't just go talk about fucking bicycle it, seats. Uh, <laughs> like, just cause, I'm here to but, talk but, about insects. For yeah. Like, or, yeah. Or like, yeah, just it's an arachnid, but like you're <laughs> yeah. not but you don't even really like them like, but you're just trying to be different. So it should be organic on some level. Like what is your, I mean, what is your deep, deep interest and what could you talk about for days and days? Dude, I've been doing weird AF news for four years. Why am I able to do it? Because this, like I can, the stories all keep changing and they get different and you know, the news keeps evolving. And so I don't get bored of it, but it, I don't know. I don't know if there's a lot of other subjects I could talk about for four years, five days a week. How? As, I mean, as much as I love, as much as I love football, I don't even think I, I don't know if I could do that. Maybe, maybe five days a week for four or five years. I don't know though. I don't know. So it should be something that you love um, as as well, because man, this is a lot of work. You're just gonna be talking about this subject, and it can get old, man. 
It can get fucking old. Even Weird AF News gets old. I mean, like, how many more stories can I do about a a jilted female lover cutting off her male lover's cock because he cheated on her? <laughs> like, this story has been covered. I've already done half a dozen of these stories, you know. Um, now now they come up in my news feed, and I'm like, and I'm not doing that. I've already done it six times. I got nothing else to say about a lady cutting off a dick. Uh, Raina Bobbitt. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, this yeah. this this has happened. This happens. I mean, as long as there's crazy motherfuckers in the world, you're always going to have something to talk about. Yeah, and lucky for me, the shit just gets gets weirder and weirder. It just gets weirder and weirder. So it just keeps going crazier yeah. and crazier. Florida Everybody's losing their mind. So I'm I'm very fortunate. But yeah, the, that's to me. It's that, and then being consistent. Like I'm I'm super yeah. consistent. But, you know, not everybody can do it five days a week. Not everybody can do it once a week. But pick a thing and, and like, just yeah. be consistent with it. Like, do it. At least do it. One, like, don't go three months and you don't drop an episode, man. You'll be forgotten. Stay in the game if you, if you can. That's the other ad- advice I would I would have. A lot of people are like, well, what about your marketing strategies? And, like, what about are you on Instagram? Are you sharing? Are you sharing? I do some of that. But, man, that doesn't fuck up. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work for me. It doesn't work. People don't. People aren't leaving their Instagram app to jump into my podcast app to listen to my. Sh- they're just not. They're not. They're not watching TikTok and then jumping out of the TikTok app to click on my link to then listen to a twenty-five minute long podcast. People just don't do this. I don't think. You hear stories. You hear anecdotes about people who use these things to market their podcast and it works. I, to me, I don't see it. I don't see it. So I don't know from a marketing standpoint what you do. I can't I, I can't even begin to to, you know, suggest that people find my podcast because they're looking for weird news. And then and then mm-hmm. they they might even Google weird news podcasts. And then I'm your choice, bro. That's it. Yeah. You know, that's it. So I don't spend a shit ton of time, you know, sharing it on Instagram, the episodes and, and all that. I just a little bit, but not much. No, I, fi- and- I find a lot of the guys that want to start comedy podcast stuff too feel like they need to be funny with whatever they're doing. But if you are a funny person, whatever you're talking about is going to come out funny eventually. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Which is why I would say um, for comics, especially like just pick a subject that you're very interested in that you can talk about. And then now you bring some humor to it. Like I've I've done that with this weird news podcast and, and I include it in the, in my my tag for the show. I always call it Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian. And I say that for two reasons. A, I want you to know that it's a comedian so that in, in addition to the news being weird, maybe this guy will make it funny somehow. And, and, and a lot of the times I do, sometimes it falls short. I'm improving these episodes, so like I can't guarantee it's all going to be gold. It's the it's mood dependent, you know. There's also it's caffeine level dependent or whatever substance yeah. I might be on. The, <laughs> o- the other reason why I do that is because now that catchphrase is the only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian. Because someone else may come out with a daily weird news podcast. It, it's inevitable. It's a lot of work. Good luck with that. Uh, but someone might come up with it, but then what are the chances they're a comedian? So now I'm, I'm, I'm cementing that in there, you know, so it's like exactly as you say, like, oh, it's you, you bring I'm bringing my humor to the subject. And so for any comic that wants to do a podcast, like don't do a comedy podcast, like do whatever. Are you obsessed with plants? Like, are you, do you do you grow weed? Well, do a do a, a marijuana a cannabis growth podcast, but it's it's by a comedian. It's funny, you know, like so now you're getting very specific. <laughs> 
And now there's probably a bunch of cannabis growing podcasts out there, but like oh, if yours is if yours has that extra level of entertainment, who's not going to listen to yours or give yours a try? You just bring it because yeah. because let's be real, talking about dirt and hydroponics is probably pretty fucking boring. But if now, you can if, bring yeah, if, if it's you can bring funny to it, Freeman, it yeah, can be fantastic. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, exactly. So um, yeah, I don't know if any of this is helpful to to you guys or to your listeners, but. You know, anyone can start a podcast these days. So um, and if you are a creative person, it's a great way to get started because you can just do it on your phone. You don't even need all this crazy equipment. It's not like a web series. You don't even have to ask friends to help out. You can do this all by yourself. You can start a podcast. It can be Mm -hmm. it can bring a lot to your life. It's brought so much to mind. And as I'm sure it brings to you guys as well, you get a lot out of it. Really? It's great. It's fucking great. Yeah. So, um. I apologize because, uh, yeah, we did talk about your weird AF News podcast. Let's talk about the other podcast you do. It's called Comedians React. Oh, yeah, this is a new one. I haven't released the full episodes yet, but they're going to be coming out within a month. We're, uh, we're, we have, okay. We've hired a graphic artist, and we're waiting for our, uh, our YouTube banner and our Facebook banner to be designed. And then we're going to be going. We already have uh, uh, nine episodes recorded in the can already. This is a, this is a podcast I'm, uh, in a YouTube. Sh- we, we shot it too visually, so it's going to be a video on YouTube and on Facebook. And it's me and Dwayne Perkins, uh, who between us we have about forty over forty years of stand up comedy experience, and we're just breaking down our favorite bits by comedians that have inspired us. And we're just we're talking about it though from the place of a professional stand up comic, like we're veterans yeah. of the game. Dwayne especially has worked with everybody. So he's always got these great anecdotes about the comics from personal interaction level. You know, like we do, we cover Chappelle. Dwayne's met Chappelle. Dwayne's worked with Chappelle. He tells, he talks about it. Uh, and we just break it down. If you're a comedy, stand-up comedy nerd, you'll like it. You'll like it. I noticed That's- the need for this because when you, when you go on YouTube and you look up comedian react videos, there's a lot of people reacting to comedian videos, but they're not stand-up comics. They're YouTube comedians. Yeah. And, bro, until you've gotten on that stage for years, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You just don't. Um, and, and you can tell by the way they react. They, it's just, they're just doing it on face value. They're like, they're like, oh, my God, he's right. Yeah, white people do do that. Oh, he's right. Yeah. Mm. Cinnabons do make you fat or like whatever the bits are. They're just reacting to the bits, which is just ridiculous. They're not analyzing it and they're not breaking it down. Like, why is it significant? Why is the comic doing this? Why? What could he have done? You know, we're we're, we're like like a Peyton Manning thing for comedy. Yeah, right. So when we watch Tony Romo break, yeah. announce right isn't that you know if you're not a football fan maybe you don't give a shit but i'm a huge football fan and when tony romo's doing his magic i'm like so impressed by that you, you know uh, like it, that's for me that he's for me yeah. that's for me because yeah. uh, yeah. I, I i like football on that level mm-hmm. uh so if you know if you want to if you like stand-up comedy on that level then i think you'll enjoy comedians react which will be out on youtube and 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 i've uh we shoot it on video and then I don't know how you guys do what your method is, but then we extract the audio and then I, I run it through a program to, to beef it up. And then I send it to uh, the all podcasts. It'll go out as well because it still kind of works without having to watch the video. I think you can hear the comedians act as well. And then you can hear us talking about it. And so, although you can't see the video, I think it still works as a podcast audio only. It remains to be seen. We'll see, Uh, but I'm going to try both and, and, 
Um, but I think watching it on YouTube is really where we're going to really concentrate our promotion on YouTube. Uh, but I'm very excited about that one. It's it's a lot of fun. And the idea came up with me because just I get together with Dwayne every week for coffee and we we talk about comedy and we talk we really nerd out about stand up. Always have. And I thought, wow, this is like something we should record. And um, not, and, and I didn't want it to be just, oh, we sit around and talk about stand up. I'm like, let's let's get specific, you know, like I think you should always get specific. And, um, in, as my acting teacher in New York used to say in general is the enemy of all art. So get specific. So we were like, let's break down bits. Like, let's just watch bits that we like and let's break them down. I'm like, okay, let's do that. And then, um, and so that's how the idea came about. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And even if it doesn't get popular, dude, I'm having fun. And that's the other thing. Like, this is fun hanging out with your friends and talking. So, mm -hmm. you know, these things go viral. Sometimes they don't, sometimes they become popular. Sometimes they don't, but really for, for all you guys and as well as me, you know, the, there's an enriching experience where you're just yeah. shooting the shit with your friends. So if, if Dwayne and I, if our show isn't very popular, whatever, like it's still so I'll never regret spending time with fucking Dwayne Perkins, one of the best comics talking about standup. Like, I'm never going to regret those moments. I'm going to look back on it when I'm 80 and be like, oh, remember when <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to call Dwayne and be like, remember we were sitting around talking about Patrice O'Neill for three hours? Like, I'm Fucking never going to. Elephant in the Room is one mm. of the best standards of the last 20 years. Let me tell you something. We, 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 so we did a, we did a, we're doing a Patrice episode. We talked about him so long. We, I had, it was the only one I had to break up into two episodes. It's the only one. We went so crazy with Patrice O'Neill and Dwayne, Dwayne was very close with Patrice for a long, long time. And yeah. so, yeah, we get, we went crazy with Patrice O'Neill. I love, love, love Patrice O'Neill so yeah. much, man. Mm -hmm. Like there's a guy. Roast to Charlie Sheen, dude. That's there's a guy who I'd like to see operating right now in the culture. I'd like to see what he would be doing, which he would be anything he wants. Awesome. And then telling you to go fuck yourself. Like, yeah, I just exactly. love God, I have so much respect for, for Patrice O'Neill. And I just wish he was still with us. Dude, I just I wish. Know, his whole bit about his wife or his girlfriend type tasting his pee and shit. And how you can't love me like that. You can't fucking love me like that. Dude, that shit was like, dude, it's unbelievable. In the stage and how he kept eye contact with the lady he'd been talking about with the titties the whole time. He kept eye contact with her. Yeah. You can't love me like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, the shit was genius, dude. I'm like, oh my God. Oh we did God. we did two of his bits because we just had to. We just had to. Every other comic we did one, but we had to do two of his. And I can't wait yeah. to do more. Uh, I just uh, I want and that's the other thing like that I, I I like to introduce the world to comics that a lot of people might not know. Some people know Patrice, but I think a lot of people are uh, may not know who he is. And we're going to do the same with lower level comics. Like there's some comics that I know that I've been friends with for like you guys, like no one knows who the hell they are. They are. Oh, God, they're so damn good, man. They're so yeah. good. It's all they do is stand up. So that's all you don't know them. Yeah. But their level of craftness is like it's upper, upper level. It's brilliant. And. You know, mainstream comedy, like they, they just they just won't know who these people are. Um, so I look forward to introducing those comics to the world through this through this show as well, because people need to know about Lachlan Patterson, Sheng Wang, these kind of comics, man. People need to know who Ted Alexandro is. People need to know who these peeps are. And because they're not, you know, everybody knows Patton Oswalt. Everybody yeah. knows Kevin Hart. But 
I'm going to, I'm going to show you some standup that's actually stronger than their acts that you don't know that you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that way too. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, Hey man, and what's it's great, like Nate Bergatz is just blowing up now in the last couple of years. You know yeah. What I'm saying? I know. I've known Nate up for over, for yeah. Tennessee. I've known Nate, Nate since New know? York city in 2005. I've known Nate forever. Yeah. 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 I remember when Nate was, was, you know, uh, just an open micer. We were doing the same open mics together and, uh, I, I love to see his success and and doing it being a very clean comic is uh, pretty cool yeah. too. Yeah, that's what I love about that's what I love about Dwayne. Dwayne's a very clean comic as well. I, I respect that. I think it's yep. difficult to be clean. It's like Brian Regan, um, which people kind of know Brian Regan, yeah. but here's a guy who is he's you can play him on a family car ride. His comedy, like it's unbelievable <laughs> how clean the guy is. But I still and, and I normally I would say I don't like it. I, I want him to be edgier, but like it works, man. It just works for me. I, I really, really it's, love it. Because it's not it a does, Joey Diaz. Because although it's it, although it's like kind of mundane stuff, right? Because there's 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 a couple ways to approach a, a, a subject. You know, you can you could just kind of brush over the top of it like Seinfeld does and just pull like pull laughs out of the top, like pluck the heads off the flowers, boom, boom, boom. But then you can get down to the roots and dig those up. And how do you do that? Well, you get you get more truthful and you get more personal. You get more truthful and more personal. This is what this is where you get a Richard Pryor. I mean, does anything get more personal and truthful than a than a Richard Pryor bit? Like, no, no. So you know, although Brian Regan is really clean, he still gets truthful and still goes deep with these things. Um, and you really get walk away with like, oh, you know how he really feels about these things. And, yeah. and so my hat's off to comics like that can still do that and be clean. Um, I, I, I struggle. I've always struggled being from Boston with with the F-bomb. I just can't stop dropping F-bombs. I just can't. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, it's just something I don't know if I'll ever be able to do. My language just gets a little rough sometimes. I, I was in New York for a long time, too, and I just... Uh, it's just, it's hard to kick that. You know, I can do it for a little bit. Like, if you're like, yeah. hey, can you be squeaky clean for the show? Don't say the F word. Like, okay. But then the whole time I'm up there, I'm like, don't say the F word. 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 Can I say shit? Can I say, ah, fuck. Ah, fuck. I said I ass. Said, oh, shit. I said fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's the, in the whole no, George funny. Carlin, you know, fucking. I'm just going to say him because I can't say him. Fuck him. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, if we could pull that out of me, then uh, you know, I, I, not to say that I'd still be fun for the whole family. Probably not. But uh, guys that could do that are, you know, pretty impressive. And you will make more money for sure because uh, Dwayne, Dwayne, Dwayne does corporates, and uh, Dwayne has albums that uh, can be played more on more in more places. So, like, let's say as example on Sirius XM. There's a channel for edgy comedy, but then there's more channels for comedy that is clean. So you, you'll yeah, get more yeah. play. Subsequently, you'll get a bigger check from Sirius because now you're playing on more stations, um, you know, because your stuff is you can you can it, Sirius is not afraid to just put you on. It doesn't matter who's in the car, you know, kids. Yeah. Smart speaker yeah. kids, it's like they they're, they feel comfortable. You get those extra clicks, and I mean not clicks. You get those extra plays, and then you get a bigger check. So from a from a, a money standpoint, it's it's pretty smart. I just don't think I can do it. Um, that's just me. 
Hey, this is a dope interview, man. I, <laughs> this is funny as shit, bro. Oh, I'm glad hey. you're enjoying it. Uh, okay, I'm so really... uh, one other question I had to ask because uh, Dave Chappelle was uh, brought up by um, Dwayne Wayans over or Damon Wayans over at Versus Bell, but I think Hannibal Burris and Bill Cosby should have a Versus battle. Hannibal Burris is the reason why he's in this situation, though. That's, it might turn to a fist fight, though, like like a real versus battle. I couldn't see Bill trying to fight somebody, though. Yeah. Does Bill even have it together, or is he just so? I mean, I feel like it's just, I think he's that, lost it now. Especially dementia set in. I think dementia's set in already. Yeah. Right? Is this going to work they, out? When they walked him out of prison on the technicality, and when he he was walking with his lawyers, and he did the ooh putting face, I was like, yeah, this motherfucker lost it, bro. He's, yeah, he's he's out of it. He's, this poor he's guy. A different person. He needs to be. <laughs> he needs to be put out to pasture. <laughs> Bill Cosby himself was one of those innovative stand-ups back in the day, like where I watched you know, that as a kid. I watched that a yeah. VHS tape. VHS tape. My stepdad had it. I would watch that, and. He was actually it was he was cool with me watching that because it was clean. He didn't yeah. want me listening to Eddie Murphy or like this. So like I had to hide that. Yeah. But well, Chris Rock, I had to hide that CD. You know what I mean? Uh, but Bill Cosby himself, I would watch that over and over. This was before I never even thought that I would want to be a comic. I just thought I'd never seen anything like that. I just thought that was how a man just a man on a mic was such a brilliant storyteller. Like the storytelling level, it's just like upper level yeah. storytelling. Like on just like you know, he, a storyteller like that can compete with technology. You know, like we got we got eight generations of kids that are raised with you know high definition everything, video games that you're also making friends with at the same time and participating. You're playing with someone in Vietnam and you're 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 controlling the story. You're you know. They have entertainment now that's so how do you compete with that? You know, I always I I, I think about that as a comic because I'm very this is a very, very low definition art. I mean, I mean, this is like <laughs> all event like most of entertainment is in stereo. Well, stand up is coming through in mono. Like there's not much to see. You know, you could you know, maybe I'll change my voice, get a little bit energetic. It's hard to capture the attention of, of these younger generations. Bill Cosby is a storyteller. That I don't care what generation you're from, you cannot look away. You cannot. No one tells a story like on that 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 special. And even kids that are growing up on all this crazy entertainment, this participatory entertainment. That um, I think this is a this is a uh, this is a skill that will still win over people, and and it'll still get you to sit down and watch. You know the 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 idea of a storyteller. Like no one does it like that. And I watched that as a kid just like enthralled over and over and over again. You know, when you can hear the same story by the same person over and over again, you know that that shit is crazy skillful. He does the act outs, the voices, and oh my God, it just was like, what the fuck is this? It makes me so sad to see then, you know, where where he went after that, what became of this, uh, you know, somebody that, well, I, I guess on some level, in hindsight, you say, who he wasted a gift. Did he waste it? I don't know. He brought me joy, you know, as a, yeah. being 12 years old, 13 years old, watching that VHS tape. That, I mean, if that, anything, it was just more of a, just like a ruined or tarnished legacy in the world. Yeah. I mean, I mean, his, what he did uh, as a comedian, as a, as an actor, 
Like he's already touched some people. You know what I'm saying? Not, no pun intended. No pun intended. He, he's touched some people. <laughs> you know, like, he's inspired. Yeah, yeah he's he inspired did. people. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Sure. Poor choice of words, but he touched he, um, people. He's like he's he's made his impact in comedy. You know what I'm saying? Um, and you and, know, and, it's uh, of course now. Like I said, we're in, we're in a growing stage of this cancel culture. So right now, I think we're unable. The trend is you can't separate the artist from the person, right? That's the yeah. trend. So because you are this as a person, fuck your art. You know, uh, we'll we'll take it off of Netflix. We'll take it off of platforms, even. You know, like uh, Kevin Spacey, right? So mm-hmm. you know, Netflix that's takes Lex Luthor. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's the stage we're at now. I don't, I think that's immature approach. I don't think that's, I think that a mature culture can separate the artwork from the artist as a person mm-hmm. and uh, decide, uh, you know, on, a, on another level, what, what is valuable and what isn't and what, what is a contribution and what isn't. Clearly, there's no argument on the shitty contribution that you had on the culture with your personal behavior. But, you know, I don't think we can ignore great works of art. And I don't think, uh, you know, if this was the case, going back in history, I mean, it's it's well known that Karl Marx basically let his children starve to death. Like, but Karl Marx's con- contribution to Western culture in the whatever century that was, the 18th century, is undoubtable. It's clear that Dostoevsky also let his family starve let his children starve, was a terrible father, a terrible husband, but wrote some of the greatest works of prose fiction that the Western world has ever seen. Uh, We can all talk about what a shitty person Hemingway was. All right. I mean, Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski. Great. What? You're not going to watch Chinatown and love this fucking movie. Are you crazy? You you know, Roman Polanski's (laughs) films like, they try to do the same thing with Stanley Kubrick. So uh, mm-hmm. I think the next, sta- the next stage is to be adults, right? The next stage is let's be adults. Now, what, is let, what, what does that look like? Well, first of all, it's being able to separate the artist from the work of art and what, what, what the value is of the art. And because as soon as you start censoring art, I mean, come on now. What, what the fuck? You know, I mean, this country is built on many, many freedoms. Art is like, just, we can't touch that. Just don't touch that shit. Like, it's one of the only things that we're allowed to have to make change in the culture. You know, they like to make you think you can make change politically, but let's, this is a very polite fiction, you know, because oftentimes it's the choice between one lying bastard and one other lying bastard. Is that really a political choice? Am I really feeling like I'm able to contribute to the change in my culture politically? No, no, not really. Uh, we're not really allowed to touch the international international finance button either. That's that they leave that to the Jeff Bezoses of the world. So we're very powerless as regular people. One of the one one of the one pedals that we have to create cultural change is art. It's very it's it's what the 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 regular people have at our disposal disposal. So I never want to see art censored for whatever reason. I don't care if Bill Cosby did that. I don't want his. I don't want his specials taken away. I don't want his yeah. TV show taken away. Art is something else. So I think the next stage in, in the evolution of all this cancel culture is to A, separate the artist from the art. Um, B, uh, don't always hang on someone's words, but 
Also look deeper into the intentionality behind the words. I think we struggle with that. People love to just send a little little bites, little headlines around of what, what someone's said taken out of context. And we don't really go deeper than that. You know, we don't we don't look at what the intentions was behind this. This happens in stand up comedy a lot when you take a comic's words out of his act and then put it on Twitter and stay instead and say he said this or she said this. Well, but what happened in the show was yeah. fine in that context. It was enjoyable. And if you actually watch the clip, everybody was laughing and OK with it, except for this one dumb bitch blogger. Uh, so. This is another thing. We're separating the words from the intentionality and the emotion of the speaker. This is another place where we need to get mature and get our acts together. So uh, I, I find, like I said earlier in the, in the show, uh, I, I find that we're, I think that we're just in a stage right now where it's like the Wild West with the cancel culture and the accusations and, and, and everything. And But I think we will get beyond this and, and have a more adult approach to cancel culture and everything about it and, and, and freedom and the freedom of speech as well. This is, this is obviously an issue that comes into it. And, um, this is something that you have to consider when you deal with this. All right. I have one question and then we could probably end this show off. Um, uh, we, that was a, that was talking about a boxing match. Who you got Trump or Biden? Shit. Uh, It's probably this is so sad, but like it's going to be Trump, right? Because Biden just can't he can't really move um, very much, right? Is this he can't even go upstairs? He's just so old and ah, it's so sad. He's got 12 years on Trump, man. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely Trump, I would say. I mean, unless Biden can get some sort of Get on some Tom Brady diet. And, um, <laughs> who's uh, Tom Brady's trainer there? Alex Alex Guervos, Guervos something. Uh, if he could get like a, a a couple of months, if Biden could get a couple of months with Alex Guervos or whatever his name is, maybe just get him on track. Just imagine the weigh in. Just imagine yeah. the weigh in. You know, he's coming in and he's all ripped. <laughs> <laughs> I will break you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trump was calling him out today, man. That he'll fight Biden. So I just wanted to ask that. Was you um was you asking some black? No, what I was just gonna say um about the cancel culture is like people forget that comedy is just social commentary at the end of the day. Is it's not it's the it's to talk about like in some cases to talk about what's happening um around you, but it's also just to kind of just look at it lightheartedly, you know what I'm saying? It's well, part yeah, of the comedy, uh, yeah. Well, you know, uh the the Canadian uh, media pioneer uh, Marshall McLuhan used to say that you know uh, stand-up comedy is a is a probe into the culture. You can tell, you can kind of take a culture's temperature by um, analyzing stand-up comedy because the comedians throw out ideas and then get an re- immediate response, and you can kind of figure out what where we stand with these I- issues um, by just in real time. In yeah. real time, like if I get on stage and say the word and say Hitler, like I can feel assholes tighten, you know, <laughs> I can feel it in the room. Yeah, this is this is this is me taking a temperature. Like what issues are we still uncomfortable with? We are still 
70, 60 years, whatever, many years later, still very uncomfortable, at least, you know, in the United States, and I'm sure in Europe, this is the case, uncomfortable with Hitler and Nazi. This is something that it's always going to be too soon, bro, too soon, bro, too soon, bro. Yes, you can try to make it funny. Fucking good luck. Good luck. And maybe some comics can. Eh, very hard, very hard. You taking, I'm taking the temperature. There are issues now. You get on stage, talk about it. You can feel the room. We, the comedians are so important in that way mm -hmm. um, in that we can, in real time, take the temperature of the culture. So as soon as you tell us we can't start, we can't talk about certain shit, you're fucking hurting yourself. They don't even yeah. see this. They're unable to, people aren't, I don't think people see stand-ups as this, but trust me, this is something else that's going on. We are very special artists. We have this special ability and skill that in real time, we can be a probe into the culture. You know, Marshall McLuhan believed in this so much that he petitioned the Canadian government to, to create a university to breed comedians to send out into the culture. Like he wanted them to teach people mm -hmm. stand-up comedy and get them out there. He believed in it. It was so that it was so important, this role that a comedian plays. And now we're looking at a we're looking at a, a thing where like stand-up comedy staring down the barrel of a gun. Yeah. When like they're, they're trying to say you can't talk about yeah. anything, everything. Oh no, yeah. really? Believe yeah. me, you want us talking about everything. Trust me, you want us falling on our face because you want us out there taking the temperature of the culture. Because the feedback that you're you're gonna get is so much more valuable than the than just you, the comfort that you get by putting a censorship over our mouths. Trust me. Trust me, there's a function here for us. You know, we're very important. Look at Lenny Bruce, man. Fucking genius, man. This guy's talking about the gay lifestyle man. in the fucking 50s, dude. The 50s. Yeah. And what happens? Gets arrested, puts in jail. You know what I'm saying? What was he doing yeah. back then, man? That is so important. You want to take that away? Are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah, and he was doing it in a way, it was like poetry even. It wasn't even just stand-up. It was at a impactometer to it. You the know guy wasn't just up there being like gays, dicks, butts. Yeah. Like, like, trust me, the dude was making artwork out of it. It's fucking what yeah. he was doing in his bits. They were like, oh, they're like, I'm, like, no one can do it. Like, that shit is. And thank you. And thank you the same, for mentioning him. Like bringing, bringing his all his skills of act outs and all of that stuff, which he was just so brilliant at. The act outs are just he would create bits into if no one's listened to Lenny Bruce. I mean, absolutely. He would create a scene and act out a scene in front of you, but he would do it sometimes based around these very taboo topics and subjects that were going on at that time to the point where he would just cops would be at his show waiting for him to say some shit about weed. Yeah, for real? They would, yeah. dude, cops would come and sit I, there. And as soon as he started talking about marijuana, get up on stage, cuff him and take him away. And he knew it was going to happen and he would do it anyways. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable guy, man. And thank you to the marvelous Bruce, but I never listened to his stuff. Oh yeah, man, Lenny Bruce. I'm, is I'm, like, gonna, I'm gonna check him out. I'm gonna check him out. Yeah, you, you know, and, and when you, Maisel, man. sure, sure, and you know, listening to it now, you might be like, "Oh, it's kind of little. It's a little corny, kind of some of it." But like, uh, you gotta imagine. The, you know, you got to take your back, take yourself back. This is the late forties and fifties. You got to be like, yeah. Oh, this is, you know, the fact that he's even talking, like you could just imagine the crowd must've been like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Bro. I was just in Singapore, you, you know, not even two years ago doing comedy. This is a place where drugs are supremely illegal. Uh, 
sexuality is suppressed. You know, uh, I was talk. I would talk about smoking weed in Singapore in 2020, and people would be like, "What? What? Holy shit!" Like, that's you know. Imagine 1950 Lenny Bruce. Like, just I just can't even. I just can't even. Like, yeah. the shit he must have had to go through to get there. Like, I mean, every this, voice, every vo- everybody around him must have been like, dude, stop, bro. Dude, what are you doing? Yeah. All his colleagues, his family, his friends, his lovers. Nobody was on Team Lenny when it came to that shit. You know <laughs> that. He listened to fucking this and this, and that was it. Like, because otherwise you're, you know, because because it's crazy to do what he did. It's fucking crazy. And I think you need to think about that context when you listen to Lenny Bruce and mm-hmm. just realize what the shit that he went through to do that and, and how how shocked the audiences must have been, man. Wow. And he kept going. Yeah. He kept doing it. Cops in the audience. Fuck it. I can't. That's the part I can't believe. I've been sitting there just waiting with Billy yeah. Clubs waiting. Bro, and this, was- is, this is like Patrice O'Neal on crack, man. This is like a, you know, we yeah. all, hey, man. We, in the I, 50s. I think all of us can say Patrice O'Neill is like on a level like that. And then Lenny Bruce is like even higher than that. You know, yeah. like this is what we're talking about here. You know, about like the level of I don't give a fuck. <sighs> wow, bro. I mean, that's what, not, from what it sounds like, it's like the balls on that dude. Uh, the Unbelievable, man. The level of I don't give a fuck. All his money, all the money that he lost on lawyer fees to fucking just defend himself from all the lawsuits. It just kept going. Imagine true pioneer out, freedom of speech. You're already out true there with pioneer, several lawsuits and you got another show and you know the cops are there and you know you're going to be arrested if you talk about sex and you still do it. If you talk about gays and you still do it. If you talk about drugs and you still fucking do it. Meanwhile, you got a lawyer on retainer dealing with three other cases and you still fucking do it. Wow. Fucking A, man. Yeah. That's a soldier right there. All right. And, uh, so, uh, anybody have any more questions for you in this show? It's been a good show. Yeah, damn good so, bro. <laughs> I uh, hope your audience. I hope your audience found this entertaining. <laughs> well, um, y'all ready to get on to these final notes? Yeah, let's um, let's go and close it out. Um, hey Jonesy, um, where can our listeners um hear more about you or see more about you? Um, like on YouTube or um or oh like yeah 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 podcast? sure. Uh, well, the podcast is uh, my podcast. Weird AF News is on all podcast platforms and uh, even on YouTube. And uh, I also have a website, weirdafnews.com that you can go to. And then and there's there's links to it. You can listen to it there if anyone wants to give it a chance. Uh, if you enjoyed me on here, you'll you'll like Weird AF News uh, for sure. I don't but, you know. I don't, I don't drop any F-bombs on Weird AF News. That's that's like 15 minutes a day where I'm like, I don't I don't say F-bombs. It's the only 15 minutes a day that I don't say F-bombs. So, uh, <laughs> like you can actually play it on the smart speakers in your house. It's safe. Um, and I'm just covering weird news five days a week. And on Friday, only weird news from Florida. So, um, yeah, I do three weird news stories from around the world. And uh, I try to keep up, man. I try and be like your NPR, but for weird news. So uh, most of my <laughs> listeners, they listen to like mainstream news and that depresses them. And then they end on weird AF news and then they end on a laugh, you know, because weird news is at least you know, weird news. is at least They're like, oh, at least I'm not this idiot in Florida. You know, like it can make you happy. Um, other than that, I mean, you can find me on Instagram at Funny Jones. And that's where I put all my um, I'll put stand-up comedy clips and let you know where I'm performing and all of that. Uh, so if you want to follow me personally on there, um, and I'll also, that's where I, I share all of the 
podcasts that I happen to be a guest on as well. So um, like you can listen to me um, raving like I, like I was today uh, high on caffeine and marijuana, uh, just going on crazy ass tangents. I, I hope it was okay. I'm glad. I'm glad to get, I'm glad you gave me the opportunity. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. For real. Um, if you can, like any of your friends, send them right to us and uh, we'll probably send you some clips where you can put in your Instagram. Great. Yeah. And yeah. Little video clips. Of, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that stuff. I can share that. I love it. Love it. Love it. That's yeah. great. And uh, if you need fo- a photo with me or something, um, just you can grab anything out of Instagram or if you want me to send you something s- separate, like that's fine, too. Awesome. Let yeah, me know I'll, what you I'll, need from you. I'll hit you up about that, too. Oh, there's your graphics guy right there. And uh, what's um in, in you, the new show that's coming? Uh, Comics Rex. When when is that dropping? So I haven't had a like a, a solid date on that, but uh, I'm gonna say a month out. Comedians react, but already you can uh, you can find where can you find a link to that? Um, my our link tree, which is link. What is it? Link t dot. What's the link tree? It's, it's uh, a weird ass. It's okay. confusing so as shit. Most That's people what know what link tree is. So if you know what yeah. link tree is, then it's just slash yeah. comedians react. So okay. yeah, our link tree, and then it's got the YouTube, it's got the iTunes, it's got the Google Podcast, and the, everything else that you can go to from there. So you can subscribe to it on the YouTube channel if you want, or you can, if you like to listen to audio, if you prefer that, you can subscribe to it on the iTunes link as well. So it's the link tree slash comedians react. And I'll Sorry, send you guys that all in here. I'll send you a link to Weird AF News and the um Good and the comedians right. react so that if you want to share that. But uh yeah, you you guys especially should subscribe. You'll like it. You'll you'll definitely like it because yeah. clearly oh, yeah. you're you're huge fans of stand up. You know the comedians mm-hmm. that, we're, that we're, I'm talking about. Like you you're obviously all like huge stand up comedy nerds. You'll really like it. You'll for sure for sure. Hell yeah! Oh yeah! All right, screws. It's it's great, man, because it's like the weird the weirdest the weird weird AF news thing. It's funny because like I I've I've gone through episodes. I'm like, yeah, we talked about that story too. We talked about that story too, and it's always the shit that happens in Florida, man. So that Florida Friday shit cracks me up, man. Florida Friday, it's like it gets twice as many downloads as any other episode because I just think people can't get enough of the Florida degenerate behavior. There's something about it. <laughs> it's, it's in the water, man. It, it's in the water. Come from Florida. You know, what's crazy is like, uh, in a way, I'm sort of spreading Florida man around the world. Like, because I'm getting emails from people in like Denmark and South Africa that are like, wow, man, dude, I never realized there was a place like this in the world. I'm like, oh, yeah, there is. There's a place like yeah. this. And uh, I, I don't recommend the vacationing there. But like, Dayton County. People where, are where like Disney, where Disney meets Mad Max. Florida yeah, County. exactly. Where Disney meets Mad Max. That's a great phrase right there. I love that. Yeah, so I'm introducing Florida to to parts of the world that I, I think just couldn't even imagine that this shit, like, how could there be a place like, how could there be a place where people are masturbating at bus stops? Like, how could this be? Like, it's like, no, man, it's just like. <laughs> that's your face. is like, like, what? And that's like, <laughs> it's nothing. What? Masturbating at a bus stop, that's nothing. It's nothing. Like That's light that, work in Florida. <laughs> that's a story that's a, at this point i pass yeah. over that story i'm like i've already done yeah. that story five times that's i'm not a, doing that again that's, that's not news tu- that's a tuesday in orlando motherfucker. that's a tuesday that's just a tuesday in orlando a hundred percent you nailed it it's fucking totally it's not even it's not even a story anymore it's not even not in florida 
crazy, <laughs> crazy. All right, Squares, where, 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 where can we follow you at? Uh, of course, you can follow us and, and uh, the other challenger graduates anywhere. Uh, there is podcasting. Uh, you can follow me, bscribs88, at uh, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, anything uh, of those sorts. And um, I want to give a shout out to the Dallas Cowboys for being the first team to lose the 2021 <laughs> NFL season. And that'll never change in history. Wow. So, hey, yeah. They're on <laughs> pace. They're on pace for a record, an NFL record, 0-17. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Please, God, let it happen. Please. <laughs> like, and Jalen Hurts, if they're going to play good for two games, let it be against the Cowboys. Hey, I, can join, I, I actually can join you in your hatred for Dallas, man. I just can't. I, just can't. Man, that team, man. I got a Cowboys fan at work. Like, I don't like. I don't like any <laughs> NFC East teams, but I definitely hate the Cowboys. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! I can't hey, stand that team. Oh boy! Yeah, you're the but, second. So you're mean, the first. You're the most valuable NFL franchise. You haven't won a playoff game in how many years? Get the fuck out of here! I don't even want to hear it. You get every prime time game. Yeah. You get the opening night. You get to play opening night. Like yeah, I'm so yeah. sick of it. Mm-hmm. I'm so sick of all the gifts <laughs> that they get. It's just such Dude. a fucking. They're like the Kardashians of football. <laughs> like fucking annoying. <laughs> You get you get everything because you got nice tits and that's it. But you're no good. Exactly. You're no good. Exactly. The Dallas Kardashians. That's their name for now. No, no talent. So hey, I, I, I join you in that hatred, man. Absolutely. Oh but um, but yeah, that's all I got. So let's episode's funny as hell. This is a good episode. Uh you guys can catch us. Um follow us on Instagram. Uh Facebook and YouTube at The Unintelligent Graduates. Um, be sure to, to check us out on YouTube. We actually got some new videos coming up, uh, including this this portion of the episode. Um, this is going to be up real soon. Um, Salamat to everybody who's listening and tuning in because there's, just like Jonesy said earlier in the show, man, there's millions of podcasts out here and you guys are taking your time to kick it with us, so we greatly appreciate it. And if you guys want to follow me, just check me out on Instagram and Twitter at BlackPinoJ. That's all I got. You can follow me, sir. It's on all platforms. And um, I want to say it again. Uh, thank you, Jonesy, for coming on thank my show. You. And yeah, also, I want to give a RIP to Michael K. Williams and Trevor Moore. And um, Jonesy, uh, every time we have a guest, um, I don't. I leave the quote to the guest. So if you have a quote, um, go, go ahead and say it for our listeners. Like okay. Here's the quote. Take it easy, but take it. Message. Yeah. There you go, right there. Um, and also, um, <laughs> also make sure you follow us on all platforms. Share us. Subscribe to us. Um, tell the whole world about us. You can follow us on Twitter, uh, Facebook. Um, Twitter, Donatelle Grass, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, the other intelligent graduates. And um, Jonesy already gave you the quote, and you do not need no four-year degree to be a graduate. As long as you better yourself every day, you're a graduate. And yeah, you might say these four characters are unintelligent, but you need to come to realization that this is our show, and we're the unintelligent graduates, and we're out. Peace. Peace. Peace.